Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And make sure that you listen all the way to the end of the episode today. There will be more information about a new show to come that will be exclusively for our Patreon members until June. Yeah, Jan Simpson is the absolute best. Uh, if you have not been listening to her stuff here in the Broadway radio feed, she has been doing an interview show for a long time with us. She's also been a guest panelist on uh, This Week on Broadway for a long time. She was also on Theater Talk on whatever channel you New York people get to watch Theater Talk on. Um, <laughs> she's a professor at one of the SUNY schools. She is at the absolute best. So this is not a show that you will want to miss. So stick around to the end if you haven't listened to it yet. Casual, casual. All right. So we're going to get into some news. Um, Across the Damn Pond, the Edinburgh International Festival um, is a showcase, of course, of international dance, music theater, uh, blah, 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 blah. The festival was canceled last year, of course, due to mm-hmm. COVID and everything. But events will be staged this year, August 7th through the 29th in three pavilions across Edinburgh. The pavilions will be specifically built to maximize airflow and follow social distancing guidelines. The festival's program will be released in June, and the organizers are still waiting for a decision from the Scottish government about how many people will be allowed to attend, but they're going to do it. Also, but the ongoing pandemic and the limits it has placed on international travel mean that it will be kind of a different Edinburgh fringe, sure. uh, you know, than normal. You know, they're going to try to do this kind of like virtually and in person at the same time. Many performances will be streamed for free for international audiences. Um, I'm just curious if like, because these are are being streamed if the creators are being either compensated for those streams differently than the, you know, in-person performances. Cause you know, you have a bigger range when you get to do that or if, you know, they get to keep their IP. I don't know. It's just with the, the new streaming thing and these people are like new creators. I get nervous about that, yeah. but I don't know. I'm excited that they're going to open it up to more people to watch it. I'm sure that now you and I will have access. Yeah. I, I, this is something that I know uh, is important to you. Um, uh, we've talked about it before, but like, I wonder if that will limit who applies, not only the international mm-hmm. travel, but like having it to be streamed out like that can be a really big bonus for somebody, but it can also be a deterrent. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, this will be interesting. I'm glad they're doing it. And um, I'll be sure to watch uh, as much as I can, even though there will be a time difference. <laughs> um, but it is it'll it'll definitely be different than what it is. Have you? I've never been to Edinburgh. Have you been there before? No, I've never been there, but I've always also wanted to apply. Um, in the past like year, I was like, okay, this is going to be my chance. And then COVID happened. Uh, so um, yeah. I'm, I'm eager that I'll get to see things. And of course, didn't we report that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like the head of one of their uh, committees or boards? Didn't yeah. we? I think, I think so. She's also going to be yeah. uh, in the new Indiana Jones movie. But um, yeah, I mean, that's where Fleabag started. So, yeah. I mean, there's so much great stuff that comes out of Edinburgh. For, so um, I'll be interested to see what this is like. But I'm also glad just to, like, know that there are, you know, these big tent poles of the theater community are coming back. It'll be in a different you know, format than we're used to. I think I read and you kind of talked about it being, you know, with the airflow and everything, it's mainly going to be outside. Um, So it's going to be different for people who have been there before. And I think that might impact who applies and how many creators Mm -hmm. get to do their stuff there. But, you know, with this, you know, happening with the West End reopening, with tickets Mm -hmm. being on sale for Broadway, which Ashley and I talked about on Monday's show, Mm -hmm. like, Things are starting to happen, and that's encouraging. Of course, there's a long way to go. 
Um, <laughs> so I'm a little nervous still, but... But it feels more concrete. Yeah, it feels more than just like the Broadway League saying, <laughs> we're only going to be closed until X date. Like, there are things that are actually being announced, and I feel like they're actually real. Yeah, and also just on the note of Edinburgh, I highly recommend you guys watch the um, uh, Eddie Izzard documentary if you've never seen it before, because they do a lot of coverage on um, their beginning at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So highly recommend that, just saying. It's very interesting. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, ExpressVPN, for this week. You can use ExpressVPN if you have not been paying attention to us for like this entire (laughs) year. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and TV shows that are only available in countries in which you are not currently present. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so that you can control where whatever site you're going to thinks that you're located. Listen, I'm not very tech savvy. I can't even hook up a printer, but with ExpressVPN, I just open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect, and then I refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, and I can watch all my Studio Ghibli films like Ponyo and Kiki's Delivery Service and The Wind Rises, Totoro. I could go on on UK Netflix and watch all my favorite anime on Japanese Netflix, which is incredible. I love that you are this big of a dork. I'm a different kind of dork. <laughs> yes. But anyway, ExpressVPN works for every different kind of streaming service. Hulu, YouTube, um, Disney+, Plus, uh, Netflix, all of them. ExpressVPN is what helps you get access to all of the content that you are paying for. And ExpressVPN is better than all of those other VPNs because you can stream in HD, you can stream on your phone, your laptop, on your smart TV. And not only does it change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously, which is something that I know James Marino loves. <laughs> Go to expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Broadway Radio. All right, Ashley and I were talking about Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. updates. And we're going to bring you some more Phantom of the Opera updates. The Phantom of the Opera's orchestra will be cut in half upon the production's return to the West End, like we reported yesterday. However, the orchestra um, in Broadway's New York version will reopen with its full orchestrations with the exact same set. The independent It is independent of the London production, and it's kind of, you know... Uh, saying, hey, we're keeping it real, folks, (laughs) on Broadway. Um, I thought this was a really bold statement to come out the day after Weston said we're cutting it. Uh, Yeah, what this is, is this is Sir Andrew and Sir Cameron (laughs) having a pissing match. And we've talked about this before when they were changing the staging of Phantom of the Opera in the West End. um, They went from the How Prince you know, original staging to what we have seen on tour in the States. That's going to be the new staging. Andrew Lloyd mm-hmm. Webber did not want that to happen, um, but Cameron flexed his muscles in London. Andrew got his way in New York, and it sounds like the same thing is happening in terms of orchestrations. I get it. You want to save money. The shows have been running for 30, 40, almost, you know, getting close to 40 years. years. Yeah. yeah. But like, 
Seriously, you're cutting the orchestra in half. Like, I don't know what what they're doing. If Are they requiring recorded music to fill it out? Or is it just going to sound that much thinner? I, I don't know. I don't care. I hate Phantom of the Opera. It's one of my least favorite things I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't give a fiery shit about Phantom. But I'm so glad you brought all of your uh, knowledge about this production and, and all of its changes to this particular story. Because yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> so. I've seen both. Like, I've seen both versions. I saw the wow. How Prince version on Broadway. I saw the tour here in yeah. Orlando. And it's just like... Come on, man. Like, Cameron, you, you're you a billionaire and you furloughed your entire staff during the pandemic. Don't keep cutting more jobs once you actually get back. Yeah, I just think this is kind of a strange, unnecessary update, but I'm happy to see that Broadway is staying the same. So there you go. Um, it's uh, now back to Broadway news and openings. It's been announced that the Actors' Equity Association has approved Perfect Crime to reopen God, in why? New York City <laughs> beginning April 17th. This will be the first show to open with an equity-approved cast in New York City since the shutdown. Can you tell me what Perfect Crime is? Oh, my God, Grace. Oh, my God. Okay, so Perfect Crime is the longest-running play in uh, in the world in New York City it's been running in New York since 1987 um it's been running for over 12,000 performances and it stars this woman named Catherine Russell and basically she has been running it as like it's her business now like she runs everything she hands out programs she's the the box office person she's the star mm-hmm. it is from I've never seen it um, but I listened to a really, really good podcast uh, episode about it. The podcast itself has come under a lot of fire recently, um, Reply All, for much different oh, reasons. But uh-huh. years ago, they did a, um, an episode on it, and basically all the reviews say this is a murder mystery that makes absolutely no sense. Like, it's not good. It's not a good show. I mean, Gary Busey did two weeks in it in 2016. Um, if that oh, tells oh, that's you- recent. Yeah, exactly. So it's just weird. It used to be in the same theater that the Fantastics were in, um, like or the same. Well, it was in the same complex. Like they were in theaters next door to each other. Um, But it's the. It's just. I why? Just let it go. Haunted Applebee's, right? I don't know what theater. I think it's moved. It's played multiple locations. um, So I'm not sure exactly where it's at. But it's just like. Why? Like I somebody, uh, one of our um, regular listeners tweeted me today after I tweeted about it um, (laughs) and said, Joe Cross, he said like this, like he actually kind of wants to see it now just because like everything's coming back. And this is the first thing I'm with him. Like I've always had that like, I don't know what the right word is, the glutton for punishment that, you know, whatever. Um, But I just don't know. Like, it's just so. Well, shout out to this woman for keeping things going. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. She's she's only (laughs) missed four performances. Were they births of people uh, to attend her? Diana died. No, to attend her siblings weddings. She has never taken a sick day or a vacation day. Um, Okay, well, we stand a legend here at Broadway Radio. Do we, though? Uh, Do we? (laughs) I don't know. All right. I'm going to start talking about the West End before we get into that. Uh, The hit West End musical, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, will have its North American premiere in Los Angeles at the Amundsen Theater as part of the venue's 2022 season. I can't believe we're talking about a 2022 season, but here we are. The production will play January 16th through February 20th, 2022. The show, which has, of course, been at the West End for three years and is inspired by a documentary about Jamie Campbell, who wanted to be a drag queen at the age of 16. Casting for the American production is 
still to be announced, but I'm sure that there's already a front runner for this production if they haven't already chosen somebody for this L.A. production. Yeah, I imagine this will launch a tour, I kind of think, and then eventually end up on Broadway. Um, Like a Hamilton situation of like having this tour and then that tour running and then they'll they'll do something to sit down. Or I'm thinking more of a different um, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda show, like Bring It On. Bring It On had a tour before it came to Broadway. It actually had its its um, its world premiere production at the Alliance in Atlanta, which I saw twice. Um, yes. And then it went and did a tour and then came to Broadway. Uh, I, th- I feel like they're going to do that with this. That's why you start at the Amundsen, which is mostly a, um, a touring house. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with this. It has such great reviews in London. Um, I think it ne- probably needs a few changes for American audiences, but I, I think that this will probably, I'm, I- I'm honestly surprised it hasn't been on Broadway yet. Grace. Yeah, to be frank, I I thought the exact same thing. Every single person that I've talked to that has seen the show raves about it. Um, It gets, you know, it's kind of like that sixth level of excitement, I would say, on the interweb. So I'm excited that they're going to bring production to America. Yeah, the one thing about it that might be the reason it hasn't been on Broadway yet, they are... They they filmed a a movie version of it, um, Mm -hmm. and that will be coming out sometime soon um it was supposed to actually already be out so um it was supposed to come out originally in (laughs) october then january then february but i it's been removed from the calendar so we don't know when that will be but um but we'll see yeah do we think that they'll still have uh british accents oh i would imagine especially since it's based on like a documentary that it'll keep the british location Okay, well, that's a shame. The new group... (laughs) I forgot you hate British voices. I can't help it. It's an illness, and I'm trying to recover. The new group offstage will launch Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett with, drumroll please, God's Gift to Theater, Wallace Shawn, John Leguizamo, Ethan Hawke, Tariq Trotter, and Drake Bradshaw. Waiting for Godot will premiere online Thursday, May 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can get tickets to stream it at thenewgroup.org. What a freaking cast. What a cast. And also, like, Wally Shawn. Oh, my God, I could cry. Doesn't your Twitter bio say something about Wallace Shawn? Says that I was um, runner-up in a Wallace Shawn lookalike contest. Is that true? No. I know it's not true, Grace. But can I just say this? I wish it were. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Ethan Hawke, who is uh, actually starting to film uh, his Netflix show with Oscar Isaac Moon Knight. uh, Not Netflix, I'm sorry, Disney Plus Marvel show. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Tariq Trotter. He is, like, all of the Roots guys are turning into theater people, which is, like, I love that. Yeah, I I mean, Ethan Hawke on stage is pretty fantastic. And of course, we love John Leguizamo as well. So Mm -hmm. I I was pumped when I saw this, to be frank. So, you know, it's like all dudes. That's what that show is. Um, So finally, in our recommendations, I didn't really put a recommendation more. So I'm just giving an announcement. And this is a gift to you is that tonight on my (laughs) on my schedule, because I'm I'm painting some chairs out in my lawn. That's a whole nother story. But I am starting Ted Lasso because I saw that Ashley started and she's been live tweeting. And I was like, I've got to start live tweeting this as well. So please stay tuned. I'm so excited. I've got my outfit ready to sit and watch Ted Lasso. What (laughs) outfit, what sitting outfit do you need to coordinate to do this? When I do a long binge, when I know I'm excited to do a thing, I wear pants with a drop crotch so that I can cross my legs comfortably. And I think that all of us should do the same. I don't know what a drop crotch is, but I will take your word for it. 
Okay. I'll see. I'll post about it. So everybody knows the proper outfit to wear when you're watching Ted Lasso. So on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway radio. Don't forget our Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash Broadway radio. And you can find me all the time on Twitter and Instagram at it's grace. Aki Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at it's grace. Aki. Cause all I care about is making sure that people watch your live tweeting of Ted Lasso. The most joyous, <laughs> lovely show that I've watched in a long time. Like it gives, it gave me Jane the Virgin feels. Ah. Um, it's a very different show than Jane the Virgin. It doesn't have the melodrama or the the mystery or anything, but like mm-hmm. the happy, lovey parts of Jane the Virgin, very much um, similar to Ted Lasso. Were you a ah. Jane the Virgin? Oh yeah, we've talked about this. You forgot that there were like two seasons you didn't watch. Like I, I started it when it came out. I remember, and I was so uh, I enjoyed it so much. Wasn't on the CW? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm excited. That's a really good endorsement. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, great. All right. Um, thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>